Welcome, everybody, back to Outside the Box Conversations. And there's a really good chance that, actually, no, there's a 100% chance that you just heard my man here uh, in our intro. And because uh, you hear him coming into the podcast and you'll hear him going out of the podcast. And of course, I'm talking about Brad Blackwell. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm excellent. I'm like, honestly, I'm geeked out about this. Uh, I've been thinking about it all day. This is towards the end of the day when we're recording, and I knew that Brad was going to be on the show today, and there's just so many different directions that I want to talk with you about. And for one, tell me about you. Do you know the song that we have on on the podcast? Oh, I know it very well. <laughs> <laughs> Familiar. Uh, uh, it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I actually I texted you um, maybe a week ago, and I was like, man, I I hope you know that we're yeah. using your song on <laughs> every single. No. What you what you didn't know is that I'd already talked with with. Okay. with uh, with Jenny about it, and and I, I you you gave the approval. I encouraged it. I, I wanted it to happen. Okay, yeah. so so for everybody out there, uh, we do have approval. It is with his permission, and we are we're so thankful because yes. it, it's making the podcast way cooler. Please, and you're, you're it, it making... was already cool, but uh, <laughs> I'm 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 happy that I could solve your uh, intro music problem. So. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that I, I like to do on the show every once in a while is I, I like to you know tell some of the story of performance medicine and um, and you're rapidly becoming a big part of our story and and I like to you know introduce some of the some of the key players and and Brad of course is our CFO now and uh, so we, we get to talk all the time all the time yeah. we, we talk business stuff and and we talk performance medicine we talk vision and uh, but I want to go back and kind of go back to some of your experience with the music stuff yeah. and um how did like you were in knoxville yeah and you were coming out of school and you knew you wanted to uh go the music route yeah well i will say i, I did not know okay. uh, but but that was certainly the path that i was on okay um, how do you get on that path like what the path being you're playing shows and you know you want to do more of this yeah honestly it was it was affirmation from the public. I, I I didn't start playing music until very later in life. Didn't didn't learn how to play guitar until I was really a senior in high school, uh, and didn't start playing in front of people until I was probably the latter part of my freshman year of college. So I I had it's not like I grew up my whole life wanting to do nothing but play music. Uh, so uh, how did that happen? You know, you're an athlete, and how did that transition from athlete to music? Was it just like a hey? This is interesting. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's been affirming to me as an athlete or as a basketball player. It, would, it could be very frustrating because, I mean, I love sports and particularly basketball. But you know, work really hard and, and you can get to a point, you get better. But it was just people are always better than you or that some people just get things easier than you do. And I guess I would struggle with that. But then the, what happened with music, it kind of was revealing to me like, because it sounds it, it came very easy to me I didn't ask for it it just kind of it, it was I just got it I, I don't know how to explain it uh, and I was like oh I guess some sometimes you know some people can just do things and they're kind of whatever however they're hardwired uh, I, I got I guess I can be very um, uh, ADD or maybe OCD whatever the word is uh, but I can just get locked in on something and when it came down to learning a song that I liked or, or uh, and I figured out that it was possible. And then once I started to see the patterns that like all these songs are the same in terms of, you know, all, a lot of popular music followers follows a similar structure. 
I mean, it was kind of off to the races. Yeah. Well, and one thing, you know, as we've, you know, we talk every week, um, one thing that came up when you were, we were talking about each other and, you know, ways we tick and, um, you said that you were a, you're a tinkerer that yes. you, 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 and I think that kind of goes to this, you know, tunnel vision that you can get. Uh, and I, I, I admire it because you, you get locked in on something and then it's like a tinkering all day sort of thing. And, and I, I, I can see how that played in your life with, with music. It's absolutely. And it's, it plays into what I do now, but it, it, it's, it's a, it can be a blessing and a curse. It's just a matter of, of harnessing it because it can be counterproductive. <laughs> <And> somehow, <laughs> you can waste a lot of time doing stuff. But, uh, uh, but I will say that when I get locked in on something or I really, you know, kind of uh, convicted about it or really uh, inspired or uh, I can really lock in uh, and, and, music clicked and then and then I you know I started to I'm certainly an extrovert so I, I've never had any problem kind of getting up in front of people in fact I kind of uh, uh, it's it's weird uh, with basketball you know if you're on the free throw line everybody's looking at you you know I had to work at that so it, it was I would get nervous you know like if, if, if you're in that situation but when it came to music if you put 20 people in front of me, it legitimately got easier for me. It's like I felt more confident in my ability. So you, but, you hear people say, oh, I get the, uh, it's easier for me when the pressure's on the line, like in a sports game. That just means they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know, like I, I kind of found my, my spot. So, so you found your spot. You're like, man, I, I really dig this. You got some affirmation from... Yeah, I played in front of people, and they're like, yeah. they thought I was good. So yeah. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it, you know. It's, it's funny how... Um, I think in all of our lives, uh, in terms of direction, we tend to go where a lot of that affirmation is. I I think we all kind of really crave that. And I think that's how we develop passion, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's funny. I love music, but it's, it's, uh, and this is maybe a parlay into kind of the act two. And we can keep talking about the music because I mean, I love it. It's, it's, in fact, it gets, it means more and more to me kind of that experience uh, and, and what it taught me, uh, but um, you know, it, it was uh, I, what what I was passionate about was the was the I was an entrepreneur. It kind yep. of once it came down to it, because the music was uh, was a gift that that it was like okay, now go use this. And I, I thought I was thinking in terms of well, how do I do this as a living? Not because I'm being driven by. Uh, okay, I can do this, and I want to make a living at it. Now, how do I do that in the most effective way? Um, uh, not so much. There's there's some people that play music, and that's all they want to do. They really don't, you know. Of course, people will need and want to make a living, but some people they they live and breathe the music. Do you think you need both? Like, oh, or, yeah, you need some. Because because I, I almost think that your mindset is more practical, and not only more practical, but um, just better. In the sense that, because uh, I think that's the hard part is like, okay, I like music, and then there's the second part of how do I make this work? Yes. So I, I was always very, uh, I, me starting late gave me a, uh, I was, I didn't have as much invested in it. So I felt like I was kind of playing with house money. So I was like, well, how can I maximize this? Yeah. So I was thinking from it from more of a strategic angle. And really, I loved that. And I loved the, the networking and I really believed in what I was doing. And, and I had no issue. I'd gotten enough affirmation and believed in what I was doing that I had no issue asking for help. Uh, so if, if there was somebody that I knew had, had influence or somebody that I knew had done something that I, uh, you know, uh, admired or 
uh, I was all of a sudden felt, whether real or not, and I can extrapolate that more, that, that I could reach out to them and approach them and, and not be afraid by it. And what I realized was that people were, uh, you know, it's flattering if somebody asks you for help or asks you for advice. Well, no, I, the, many of the people that I would approach, they weren't, they couldn't help me. They weren't musicians themselves. I was really trying to say, I heard you know so-and-so. Can you connect us? If not, what, you know, what do you think I should do here? And um, what it just revealed to me is that there's, there's, that was powerful to learn. People want to help you, like especially people that have, um, uh, you know, done something. If you're approaching them looking for advice and guidance, not looking for a handout, but looking for some guidance, people can really, uh, you know, give you some support, both in terms of the guidance they give you, but also I built a lot of, um, you know, goodwill and and. Uh, 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 just in the networking of they wanted to see me succeed. So they kind of had this little interest to see me go on. So the, the relationships that I built in music and outside of music as a result of, of what I was doing, uh, I still have many of those relationships today, and they paid huge dividends in me kind of even when I went on beyond it. So how did you, you know, it seems just based on what you're saying, that transition seems so clean you know like you were already looking at music from the business side you love playing you kind of took a, a an entrepreneur type um mentality towards it and you did that for years um yeah. in you know in knoxville in and around the southeast is that where you stood regional i mean it was it was you know concentrated in around knoxville area but um, the thing that I would have, the, all roads were going to lead to Nashville and I was spending quite a bit of time in Nashville and the guy that I wrote, wrote songs with who was managing me at the time, he, he was a songwriter in Nashville, uh, that had had success, had had, uh, some, some hits that were on the radio and, uh, had many different contacts. And then he, he kind of, uh, um, uh, didn't have like a bitter end, but he just, he wanted to move on kind of towards the end of the nineties had had, had kind of done what he came there to do. Uh, and then moved to Knoxville and, and had a business with his brothers. And when I started working with him and writing with him, he he, uh, he was like happy to introduce me to some of his old songwriter friends. Well, this is just right place, right time. You know, he they hadn't seen him in four or five years. So they were thrilled to see him. And they obviously he had credibility and they knew he could write. So they probably knew that he wouldn't be bringing some some bum to him. Um, cause if I had any gift, uh, or anything that I really enjoyed the most or that I was going to have the most upside in, it was going to be the songwriting piece of it. Uh, I love performing and I love doing that stuff, but the thing that really, um, yeah, the, the, the that I really loved and that, that kind of the things that I learned in doing it at a high level with people that, you know, were doing it professionally, um, uh, was the songwriting piece was, was the most valuable thing that I probably got. As you're talking about your songwriting, I, I, one thing I have to share with you that I think, you know, um, but there was a time in my life when I had, I bet I had five Brad Blackwell, fresh t-shirts. If you've seen the fresh album cover, uh, uh, I think you have to describe I'll, it for everybody. I mean, it's just it's it's outrageous. But well, it I, looks a lot like it's your face. outrageous. I guess if you know, I mean, it's 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 just totally embarrassing. But <laughs> but the, the uh, um, you know, I li I knew it was. Here's why I'm proud of it because uh, I know it's outrageous. <laughs> I knew it was ridiculous. I knew I was going to get made fun of forever. But I, at some point along the line, I was like, 
yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Well, like I, I and, so, and I'm still cool with it. Like I know it's ridiculous, but it is. A let, let me tell you for one, I loved them. I, I literally wore them <laughs> weekly. People didn't think I washed them. And the truth is I did. I just had a whole bunch of them. And, uh, I think, I think I got secondary made fun of by our <laughs> friends, by <laughs> because I wore them so much. Uh, uh, there's something to be said if you just kind of own it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was I, like, hey, I'm a fan and I like it, and this is my favorite shirt. I mean, I, they're they're. I'm kind of embarrassed for anybody that doesn't order them around, you know, but, but if you look, if you own it, uh, like uh, it's my face. So. Dude, I, dude, I owned it. I, I hope we can, uh, at some point we're going to have to get a picture of me with, with, uh, with, uh, the, the fresh t-shirt. Yeah. Um, how many albums did you end up making? Um, uh, th- uh, three. Okay. Really. Okay. Yeah. Over the course of five years. No, yeah. I, I should say it was really four years, but is that, re- a, pretty, re- is that a pretty good clip? I was, yeah, I was, I was, okay. I was in, in, in we were very efficient. Again, I had the benefit of, I had somebody that had done this before. Like, uh, Jim Denton is his name. He, he, I mean, he, he said, look, you know, there's the way you can do it this way, or we can do it the, the you know, the way, and really the, the, my albums were done the way that a, a demo would be recorded in Nashville. If you, if you wrote for a publishing company and they kind of had a group of songs, you would bring in a group of uh, studio musicians. You would, they would have it all charted out. You would be very prepared for it and you, you would maximize your studio time. Well, I've never seen anything in the world it, uh, like uh, being in a studio with, with um, uh, Nashville studio musicians it's it's like a religious experience, and it's I've already told you that I love music, but it's not like this like burning fire like uh, thing with it. I, I like the creative outlet, but but some people are just all about the music. But you can't not appreciate what I witnessed, and anybody that was there, like my parents are there, like they still get like kind of chills thinking about it. They're so talented. They're they're it's like magic. So I mean, it, so and they can just do whatever it's unbelievable. Whatever they want to do. I've never seen anything like it. The the um. Uh, it, it, it was like a magic trick. The, you know, they, they've never heard the songs before. Uh, they have no clue who I am, what I am. It's just another day at the office for them. And, I mean, you know, you got, I got, it, it, like, if you listen to, if you listen to any of my, my songs, like, uh, uh, She's My Rainbow is kind of, that's it's my hit, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, that was one take, literally one take. They'd never heard the song before and they played it. We did a second take and the first take was better. So, and then that was the exact same thing for, for, two or three other songs, uh, it, it was just astounding. Yeah, I was actually talking to my mom earlier about some the, the music world, and, and like I feel like with a really good studio musician in the situation that you were coming into in Nashville, like you wouldn't have to coach these people very much. Like You just no. show them something, you tell them what you want, want to happen, and they can just make it work. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just another day at the office. Like you know, LeBron James laces up and goes. They're literally as good at their job as they can as anybody can possibly be on earth. So it was good for me just to go forward to see. Oh, this is what you know. This is how professionals behave. It's not an accident. Like this is clearly a honed craft. Uh, and, and even the songwriters, like it was. It was not like everybody sitting around drinking beer. It was like if you're writing and it's your job, and you you know somebody is inve- a publisher or a publishing company or a record company is you know investing dollars in you to to produce. I mean, we, we got up in the morning and went to work, and then we we, we wrote all day, and then that was that. So it was. Uh, um, I, I saw that you know things rarely happen by accident, and that Nashville, as beautiful as it is, it, it is a, it is not a. A, a talent contest. There's so much talent. It's just unbelievable 
the amount of talent. There's that, no shortage. Holy cow. Uh, I mean, uh, but, uh, uh, and this is ultimately why I was fine, uh, you know, moving on, uh, was uh, to, to really go for it. You got to have the, this, this love. Like, that's all I'm doing. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Um, and, and I had this feeling of like, I'm here to do this for a minute. And then I'm at, like, cause otherwise your tank, you'll, you can, you can run your tank dry really fast. Uh, and, and, and to do it at a high level, you really need to be around for a long time. You just, you need to, it's also, it's a game of longevity. Like it's, it's an, it's, it's an endurance contest. It yeah. is not a talent contest. For yeah. Sure. Cause everybody's talented. Like Cause everybody's said, talented. Everybody's, you know, that's kind of like the barrier to entry. And then it's like, who can last the longest? Well, I, and I realized that I, I I was pretty, well, I've got, I had the benefit of the, uh, I have a lot of smart people around. I mean, I had good guidance and, and, or very rational people um, and how I was thinking about it. And, and yeah, I mean, I could have made it, made a go of it, but the, the risk reward there was, it just didn't line up. I, the, the one thing that was an aha moment for me was, you know, I think it was some stat came out that, you know, since iTunes became a platform, there was like 800,000 new songs that got released to iTunes or I'm making numbers up at ballpark. And, um, you know, uh, 1% of them, less than 1% of them, uh, had sold more than 5,000, uh, you know, downloads. It's kind of, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about, uh, or a lot about the long tail. And I feel like, you know, with music, um, and you know, these platforms that exist, you know, you, you can have so many different songs that have these very you know small audiences because there's there's something for yeah, everybody uh, it is it is wild the, 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 and it's just that my songs are still there i mean the, the amount yeah. of songs that are still come out since then but the the thing that was the aha moment for me was two, i had two songs that did sell over five thousand. so i was in the 99th percentile you know in terms of that's crazy uh, of doing it but the the revelation was okay one percent of eight hundred thousand. i mean it's like you know i had a one in ten thousand shot like i was it's, I don't like my odds. Like, even though I'm in the 99th percentile, there's still, you know, 10,000 other people that are doing the exact same thing that, you know, I, I don't, I don't like the one in 10,000 odds. Yeah. So, and, and I, I've talked with you about this, that what I started to realize was I got exposed playing at people's houses. I, mean, I got exposed to wealth, to money, to people that really could afford to have somebody come play for X dollars for a couple hours for on a random weeknight. And, you know, i see their house and their boat and their all this stuff and i mean i just kind of like what, what do y'all do i mean what, 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 what is, what's going on but but I, I i started to see that you know um people either inherit it uh, they uh they are their doctors or they own their own business and they're entrepreneurs and uh that was kind of the the three and uh and so i um i got exposed to that and got to you know I, people really want to talk to the musician so it was very, they wanted to talk to me and I wanted to talk to them too because I, I wanted to know what they did. It's a great icebreaker. It was a great icebreaker. I mean, <laughs> you know seriously, yeah. I leveraged that to death. People want to come talk to you when you're done playing and I wanted to talk to them too. So so, <laughs> so you, you, you learned a lot through that experience and, and, and then you went and got your MBA uh, post, post music. Yes, because I definitely started to realize, because Jim Denton, the guy I wrote with, was an entrepreneur, business owner and, and they have, have done very well. Um, and, uh, you know, and he had the same approach that he had to music that he applied to his business and very practical, very you know, problem solver oriented uh, and, and very process oriented. And just he I just I liked what I saw. Yeah. And uh, um, so I knew I liked w w 
what became revealing to me was that I liked the business aspect of, of the music. I don't necessarily like the music business. It's, it's brutal. I mean, the, sure. the, the, the model, if you will, but I liked the, the thinking of the, of the business. And when I, the joy that I really got out of, uh, what I was doing towards the end was in the thinking about how I become, how I turn this into something. Uh, so, um, uh, to finish my thought from before, the the what I realized was one in ten thousand shot on the download piece, uh, but that if I'm the one thousandth best business person in a town like Knoxville, Tennessee, well, I'm probably a millionaire. I mean, I don't know how many there are in Knoxville, but it's like I, I like my odds better in my ability to do something uh, in that regard. And quite frankly, that's what I like the most. Yeah, that's, that's where I was getting that's that's where I was getting the most joy and. Um, so, so yeah, business was, was, was the answer for me. So I went and got my MBA. And, and I have to say like, you know, just through this conversation through, you know, um, years of conversations between you and I, it, it seems like that experience was just perfect for you. It was like, perfect. You know, in terms of just, uh, a, a real world training ground, you know, from, from the, and just having the, we talked about conviction learning, you know, man, this is what I love about it there would be stuff that would be identified in the MBA program. They'd be like, Oh, that's what that's called. Like, or like, or like that I was trying to do myself and thinking that I was, you know, reinventing the, it'd be like if you just found a guitar and nobody ever, and you made, you know, a chord and be like, look what I just invented. And it's like, no dude, there's like a million of those. Like, like, <laughs> like, like there's people write textbooks on these things. It was uh, things that I was trying to do running my own, my own business, you know, managing your inventory. Like uh, I have way too many. Uh, the reason why you probably have four fresh t-shirts is because I, uh, I mismanaged my inventory. I bought way too many T-shirts. You know, I, sh- I should have should have made that a little bit more. No, I th- I think uh, that's wrong. I think you had super fans, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, you know what I mean. Like I think you you knew that you had super fans, so you had to provide the inventory for that. But there are all these things. So I came in with a completely different viewpoint uh, of of the program, and I was so engaged, and so it was it was it, I, I, it was a long shot if I was going to get in. I went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, MBA program I knew I had an interesting story but it's not like I had like killer grades in undergrad and uh, uh, you know but, uh, but I mean you know something that we talk a lot about is like with the business stuff I feel like so much is learned you know through doing it and through yes. you know and what the way you put yourself out there um, with with music and with your albums um, I, I can't imagine you don't even need to know the terms. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I know the terms now. But uh, uh, it, it was, it was one. I had immediate context when I was learning something, a new concept. Uh, I had a, a pool of experiences that I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I could apply it in that regard, and, and had an interesting. Whereas if I had just, you know, gone into, you know, uh, management straight out of undergrad, and then ultimately decided to come back and get my MBA, it would have been a completely different learning experience so I feel like um, I was just really in a in a good position it was uh, I had uh, fertile soil to 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 soak up what was taught to me there Um, and um, and so I I really got a lot out of it and it's it's benefited me and and it was so clear to me when I got going I was like this is this is this is where I'm at the the um, I loved the resolve you know we've talked about it too that music is so subjective art Mm. uh, it's, it's and that's that's great, you know, uh, but it, it, you, there's there's no answer. Like at the end of the day, it's something that I think is great, uh, you know, everybody might not. And well, it, it's interesting because I used to, um, you know, my brother Andy, um, he was 
really into theater. He, he was writing shows and you guys actually played and, and uh, he, he's played with you and you also did a really cool show at the Bijou um, where uh, he, he did his play the same weekend you had your, yeah. your show. It was just a fun weekend for our families. Um, but I used to be very jealous because, um, because of that subjectivity. Um, cause at me as a tennis player, um, when I was playing, you know, you, you won or you lost yeah. and, and I had a hard time with, you know, every single week you lose and, um, all right, let's, okay. You didn't lose very much. Well, let's just, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But, but you know, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> extra hard on yourself. Two but, time all American. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, there's, there's so much losing involved and it's so objective, you know, you're the one you lost. And I used to be envious of, you know, the path, this artist path where, you know, you, you do your shows, you do your plays, you do the best you can. You know, sometimes you get a great response, sometimes you don't, but you just go on. You know, you don't have to, you're not out of the tournament or you, yeah. know, you go to the next show. Yeah. And it's just interesting. It's because I, I can also really relate to craving that objectivity, craving that, uh, that, Wanting right or answer. wrong, you yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, that's it's a it's a hard one to see because I, I definitely uh, see both. I enjoyed that. Um, th- there's no pressure. I mean, sometimes I could go up there and think like I just totally botched that, or you know, <laughs> the guitar went out of tune, or it just. But I got to finish the song. Can't just stop, you know. And people just go crazy. I'm like, that was terrible. Like you know, but uh, you know, so the it's just completely subjective. You have no idea. But I found myself ultimately wanting to, you know, feel like I was that I could track my performance. I mean, I, I could track how many people were coming to my shows. I could track how my downloads. So you were doing. you found the objectivity. You found well, I mean, uh, you know, in 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 business or finance. I mean, things tie. I mean, you can tell if you got the right answer or not. Usually, yeah. Uh, uh, or you can. Um, uh, uh, it's it's a little bitty. It's. It's more engineering uh, type of, of brain, and I think that's probably the the engin- engineering aspect, or just that that as a tinkerer, you know, that is how I was, um, uh, and even through the entrepreneur lens, you know, it, you're building something, you're trying to, which that's that's a that's a uh, thing that I I never really explored when I was younger, but I think that's how I viewed it, and even when I was writing songs, I was very systematic about it, uh, and, and very kind of trying to. Uh, uh, treated it like an engineer. I think that's why I was, music is so mathematical. I think that's why I was able to, uh, that actually makes a lot of pick sense. it up easy. The, yeah. There's a lot of patterns that repeat themselves. I, I, I have a knack for remembering like patterns and numbers. And I always have be it basketball cards or where some random person went to school or what no Jersey number they wore. I mean, I, I that stuff it, it never leaves me, you know, but, but it, I guess it was the same thing for music. I uh, just, you know, if it's a chord progression or I just, once I got it, I got it. So like I, it's the patterns. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because, you know, um, through, you know, getting the opportunity to work with you, like I can see all these things, you, you know, in, yeah. in the way you, uh, you approach your work and, and, um, and I kind of want to, you know, move into performance medicine yeah. a little bit because you're very easy to work with because <laughs> what I need with you, cause you are so, uh, 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 receptive. Uh, what I need is, you know, I, I love to throw the ideas out there and we're great about, you know, kind of best idea wins. Let's just get them out. It's a, it's, I feel like a lot of times when we're thinking strategically about performance medicine, it's creative. It's, 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 totally. it's, it's, it's completely. So I, I'm very, uh, 
I like working with you. I mean, I, seriously, you guys just very fulfilling because you guys are, have a lot of exciting stuff going on. Well, you know, we've had some we've had some really cool conversations. I think it'd be nice for the audience to, um, you know, get a, a behind the curtain look of the way we've been, you know, approaching this last year, which has been just a, a crazy year. Um, we've we've made you know lots of decisions just in terms of you know vision casting where we're trying to go and and. Um, you know, and, and we've always had this mentality of, okay, there needs to be more performance medicines. There needs to be more um, of this type of medicine. And um, and we've had some fun conversations about it. And, oh, yeah. and I, you know, there's someone very close to you who uh, doesn't know what we do. And, and that's, and that's been kind of, that's yeah. been our mantra is like, okay, how do we let, how do we somehow reach that person? And, um, you know, because it, if if they don't know, then there's so many different people who don't yes. know what we do. Yeah, that has been the the uh, objective third party. Uh, if I've brought nothing else to performance medicine, it's been that. It's been affirmation to you all, like you, you, this is a good thing. You get, yeah. there needs to be more of this, and and B, uh, people don't know about this. I, I, you guys live in the weeds. Uh, um, uh, and maybe think that you know the, but it's, you haven't even scratched the surface. There are so many people that that would benefit in a life changing type of way from what uh, performance medicine offers that uh, that just simply don't know about it. They don't yeah. even know they don't know about they don't even know to ask about it. So how could they know about it? So yeah, and uh, it's, it's it's kind of an interesting um, it's something we talk a lot about is like it's an interesting conversation to have with people who you know because you don't know what you don't know and, right. I, and I think it's important for us to you know talk about it in a way where you know we don't expect people to know what we know or what a dr rogers knows or what an andy rogers knows right. you know it's, yeah. it's just a very interesting it's an interesting thing yeah my uh, uh, some background my, my wife is a pharmacist and she uh, at the at the time right as we got married she was working at a particular compounding pharmacy that that uh, you know performance medicine was a customer sure um and uh so she, i just remember her telling me like uh, tom's got a good thing going on like you you know uh you would not believe i've never in my entire life i'm trying to think of what her quote was but it was i've, I've never seen something in medicine um impact people's life the way that what performance medicines, it really is hormone replacement therapy. She's just saying it makes so much sense that, uh, you know, that, 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 um, this is solving so many people's problems that whether they can't lose weight or they're, they're fatigued or they're, they're kind of aging or they're, that, that so much of it ties back to, to a hormone imbalance. Um, and so she, she just said, I, I can't believe what I'm saying. And also that, you know, quite frankly, that we, I, I knew nothing about it in pharmacy school. Um, and she and she was coming at it from a from an interesting angle because you know I don't, I think most people know that you know our biggest you know partner in this deal is is these compounding pharmacies because right. you know so much of what we do is hormones and 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 it's all bioidentical uh, hormone replacement and uh, and we use compounders for that yeah and I, and I get the um, uh, the reason why you wouldn't know about it um, you know. It, it's it's easy from an economic standpoint to see that this, you know drug companies are so huge. I don't want to act like every, the, the man's out to get us, but you know it it, it just it, it 
the patent has been up or, or you can't actually get a patent on a bioidentical just because it's you know naturally occurring, so you can't get a patent on something that's naturally occurring. Um, there's no money in it for them. So yeah. they, they can't, they can't, uh, so why would they spend a gajillion dollars marketing it, making sure you're aware of it, et cetera? Um, so that clicked with me and I was like, oh my gosh. So, um, well, and I, I think, you know, just you saying that it's, it's really interesting how important it is now, now more than ever to make your own decisions in regards to your health. And I think, you know, you know, where we come from, you know, from the performance medicine world is like, okay, you know, this is a partnership between a provider or a practice and a patient. And let's, you know, kind of put the third party payers, the, you know, big pharma people, you know, on the side over here and use them when, you know, when it's in the patient's best interest and stuff like that. Yeah. The, 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 Healthcare is incredible. I mean, what what, the, what people have, what has been accomplished by big pharma is is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's incredible the the, the work that they do, and it's incredibly valued. But there are some some components that uh, of just the, the healthcare system and uh, kind of what's put out there that you know are, are just wholly unhelpful. Um, uh, and and in in this particular realm, you know, the the preventative health uh, aspect of it of of uh, finding the right way to to you know, say you need to get ahead of these issues rather than waiting till the issues uh, occur and then and then having the the drug for it. Uh, I think performance medicine's you know proactive approach is very refreshing and is the appropriate way to handle your health and is the appropriate way to manage you, you know a relationship with a patient. Which is my objective is to make you right. You yeah. know, uh, either get it, let's get ahead of it or let's figure out what's going on and, and fix it. Let's get to the root cause. Uh, what's so clear that the root cause is oftentimes hormones, you know, but, but it could be something completely different and you guys aren't afraid to go there. You know, what's interesting is, you know, we've also had a lot of conversations with, with Dr. Rogers and, um, and the thing that he says has impacted his patients the most, there's two things. And I, I'm sure the people listening have heard, um, it's testosterone and Adderall. And I've always found that interesting, especially like the Adderall thing is really interesting. I, I, I people struggle with it, that stuff. But it's, well, it, it's like a life changer. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've heard the same thing. So, he, I mean, he, he said that, like, I've never been, never had a patient come up to me and, and, and thank me for putting them on, for putting them on that statin or, you right. know, that, you know, blood pressure medicine. Yeah. It's not to say statins aren't, yeah, exactly. aren't a wonderful exactly. thing. You know, exactly. like it, 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 that's not the, the point. The point is let's talk. It, it's very easy to see if, if you, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of death and taxes, you know, like the, the accountants and uh, and uh, and uh, physicians. And there's always going to be around, but uh, it's very. They see a million people a day, or they see fifty people a day, and they kind of have their protocol. And also, that there's pressure from administration or to uh, to say, you know, uh, we, we got to check X Y Z box to get reimbursed. Of course, that makes sense from the administration to say, if we're going to provide the service, we want to get paid for it, and here's how we get paid for it if they have insurance. So it makes sense that. That is why the process is what it is and why they're doing it. But at the end of the day, what's missing is, well, does the person that you're prescribing this to need it? Like, <laughs> is that the answer? Maybe it is. Um, uh, or maybe it's that plus some other things. But usually it's next out the door by the time that, that gets to happen. So. Yeah, and also just that, you know, the idea of taking control of your own health and, and, yeah. and having some ownership stake in it versus – you know, we believe in, you know, in the more traditional model, especially in primary care, you know, it's all reactionary and, 
you know, for lack of a better term, like the patient doesn't have skin in the game the, in the way that they actually do, you know? Yeah, that's what I have loved most about just knowing, knowing it on the, on the periphery what, what you all are doing and then uh, Hannah, my wife, kind of giving me some insight and just speaking so highly of what, what you all were doing and kind of the, the way that you were approaching things. She's like, this is just kind of the way it should be. And then other people in my life that I know that have gone to you all that have said, um, you know, like that, that that's how it's supposed to be done, like meaning – I, w- I was engaged. They they were asking me questions, and and it was it was more of a a consult uh, than a, you know tell me what's wrong. I, I don't know. It, it was it was more involved skin in the game. Yeah. It was more empowering uh, and and likely addressing the root cause uh, rather than just a one size fix all solution. Then let's move on to the next patient. Well, man, I you know I, I want to be respectful of your time and and our producer's time, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. But man, I I, I just want to say just for in front of everybody, we are so thankful and blessed that you're on our team. Like, it's I've never seen you know we're all just so br- proud to say Brad Blackwell works with us. And, Please, um, the um, uh, you guys are so great, and if, if if people watching wonder, Ben's like this all the time. He's actually <laughs> the, he's this the whole. Fam family is just the, the you guys are wonderful people. You really are, and you guys have a really good thing going. And I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. So good N- things are coming. Now I do I do have a favor to ask. Yes. Will you know we're getting ready to, to wrap up the show. Will you uh, will you send us away the the most appropriate way? I certainly will. Let's do that. All right. All right, guys. This has been outside the box conversation. I'm your host Ben Rogers. This of course is Brad Blackwell. And as always, we will see you guys next time. Don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about us, I think about you leaving. When I think about you leaving, now I wish that you could stay, but I don't get down. No. Don't you stop believing Cause a love like the one I got for you Don't go away now When you talk about us Ah, your friends, they don't believe you Say that we're just too young And the lives bound to get in the way But don't you lose your faith, hey girl don't let them deceive you Uh, A love like the one I got for you Don't go away, ain't I? A love like the one that I got for my best friend, baby A love that says everything gonna be okay And I don't ever think about what's gonna happen Cause a love like the one I got for you It don't go away all right (laughs) thanks guys for listening to this episode of the podcast Uh, please share the podcast with your friends and if you haven't subscribed yet please subscribe Uh, we will see you guys next time